Hey, hey, this is Danielle Grouchek, founder of Canine Inspired Change. Welcome to the Canine Inspired Podcast, where we explore the connection between humans and dogs and give you tools to strengthen your bond with your dog and with your community so you can get out there and do good with your dog. Hey, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Today we have Miss Rachel Schroman, owner of Schroman Law, also owner of Mabel the Therapy Dog, one of the OGs of Canine Inspired Change. So welcome, Rachel. Hello. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's weird to like talk on mics to each other. No. Yes. <laughs> yes. Not our norm. It's always like an acknowledgement. For sure. Kind of like it's uh, it's weird. But, you know, usually as, as we get into it, it kind of like just becomes OK. It's, we're fine. So, OK. That being said, um, I want to talk to you about how we met, which is in a 12 step group. Mm-hmm. And um so there's 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 a certain category of people that I find myself drawn to. And they're women <laughs> who have overcome an addiction and love dogs. Mm-hmm. So that's my that's my that's my group, right? So you're one of those. Um so I just want to hear how about your dogs and mm-hmm. I think you just had Mabel at the time. Well, Actually, when we met originally, I was a total diehard cat person. No. Yeah. I mean, I love cats too, by the way, full disclosure. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. so okay, so tell us about that and then and and then when you kind of shifted. So, I did not grow up with dogs. I grew up with cats. Mm-hmm. And had kind of categorized myself as a cat person. Mm-hmm. And I would tell people, you know, I don't like dogs. I'm a cat person. Cats are better than dogs. Mm-hmm. And as well, I guess it was after I got sober, um, finished law school and kind of got a little older. Honestly, what um, kind of precipitated me getting a dog was I started to get these like pesky maternal urges. Ah. So um, there was one day I was like standing in the grocery store watching a woman bounce her baby in the produce section. And I was like watching her weeping. And I thought, oh, my God, I need to get a dog or something because ki- kids are not we're not in the plan, certainly at that time. Uh-huh. Um, and so we, you know, Mabel's a half Cavalier, half Shih Tzu mix. Mm-hmm. And I purposely got a dog that was Cavalier because Cavalier King Charles Spaniels are kind of referred to as the cat of the dog world. Yep, They're very they're very they're bred to be a companion to their yes. owner. Uh-huh. Very low maintenance. Mm-hmm. They groom themselves. She sits on the top of the couch like a cat. Um, so it was kind of this ease into owning a dog. And so now, you did research. I did. Okay. So mm-hmm. this is another thing that I freaking love about you. <laughs> um, like I don't like at one point in my life, I didn't do research. No. It was all instinct. So you're such a research data person who like, I, that's what I'm trying to be right now and mm-hmm. very much have to um, study and remind myself daily to do that. So yeah. that's just, I, that's such a strong quality. Yeah. Well, it was, I mean, you know, in my law practice, I do estate planning. Yeah. So it's all intentional next steps and calculated risk. And so even with getting a dog, I was like, how can we make this like the least risky possible in case I don't love like dogs? And and now, you know, I've had two other dogs since Mabel that are Border Collie, Sheltie, like... Yeah, I haven't met a dog I don't like. I'm a total yeah. convert. <laughs> well, I love minds like yours. I mm. love it. Okay, 
So that being said, you decided to take the plunge with Mabel. Mm -hmm. How far into sobriety were you? When we got Mabel, um, about three years. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. So did you find that your uh, daily reprieve (laughs) um, based on a spiritual connection was supported by her or did it shift or did anything change i'm just curious as to how you felt your relationship with her then contributed to your daily life yeah with with mabel i mean with mabel i experienced like a different connection Mm -hmm. than i did with my cats and that like she wanted to be around me (laughs) (laughs) and um you know she needed me and that unconditional love that is just more consistently present with her mm-hmm. and something I still work on to this day. And I was struggling with it just last week. Very recently is, um, loving myself and even liking myself. Sure. And my dogs freaking love me. They yeah. like me a lot and yeah. they, and, and getting her that early in sobriety and having that, um, having an animal that actually, actually depended on me. Mm-hmm. It, I think it did really, really have a therapeutic effect, which I couldn't put words to at that time. Mm -hmm. I didn't intellectually know that was happening Um, before I did the, well, we can talk about this a little, but um, I didn't exactly a hundred percent believe in dog therapy. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm so glad to hear this. Mm. Yes. Juicy. Let's talk. So when I was in law school, even when I was um, drinking, they would bring in therapy dogs. Oh yeah, and to you're school. like, what is these yeah. freaking dogs? And just yes. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, oh yeah, competitor dogs is therapy. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, whatever. Uh-huh. And you know, full transparency. And I actually, I don't know if I've told you this before. Um, the only reason I did therapy dog training with Mabel was because I wanted to support you in your business. Aww. I had no intention really of volunteering with her. I wasn't even sure if it was like a legit thing yeah um, oh, this is good uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and so we came we did the training it was a great experience um and someone came in the session that i did a woman from interest hospice interim hospice yeah. came and spoke about volunteering in hospice and i am more drawn to the end of life yeah um spectrum of life. Uh, I work with elders. I do estate planning and elder law. So the hospice really hooked me. And when I took Mabel on her very first therapy dog visit, I was kind of like, well, I guess it's nice that like this person gets to pet a dog, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. So I walked in, there was a gentleman who had um, end stage Parkinson's and he was shaking, like his arms were really shaking. His Mm -hmm. eyes were darting all around the room. His wife was there and his wife said, Oh, sorry. He's really, really anxious. Um, here, do you mind if I set Mabel on his lap? Mm -hmm. She set Mabel on his lap. His arms went Mm. down around her, his body relaxed and his eyes were still. And Mm. I was blown away. Yeah. And so I saw it in action and a hundred percent, you know, became a believer and you know, the rest is history. I, volunteer with Mabel she's part of my law practice like she's on the website now she's been in with client meetings wow um there's so mm -hmm. many cool things here so Mm -hmm. many cool things so it's well it's interesting to me that your reason for for taking the training was to support somebody which Mm -hmm. is so cool um and it just kind of shows that perspectives change right yeah 
per your experiences. Right. Um, the more you know, the more you grow, yep. all these things. And to me, when I see pers- perspectives changing, did I just say that right? Perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes when I say the word too much, it sounds yeah, yeah. odd. Um, that That's just evidence to me that, well, then other perspectives can change that maybe are troublesome to me right now. It's like there's no, your relationship to things can absolutely change Mm -hmm. and you don't need to know end results actually. Mm -hmm. Um, Actually, sometimes that's a inhibitor. Totally. It's about, you know, going into things with an open mind. I mean, I, I very rarely say never Mm -hmm. anymore. Um, because there was a time in my life where if someone said, will you ever had have a dog? Mm-hmm. I would have said, no, absolutely right. not. I don't yeah. like dogs. If someone would have said, do you think there's ever a time in your life you won't drink again or drink for a week? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no. Right. So having an open mind, you know, walking into things, trying it out. The worst thing that can happen is yeah. eh, not for me. Um, I think it was very beneficial in yeah. going into that. Well, and that's your analytical mindset, too, mm-hmm. where you're like. Okay, I mean, I know for sure that I'm going to be supporting somebody doing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. So, great. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next step is seeing something for your own eyes, like first yeah. person, like experience. Then that shows evidence that, oh, okay, so now that brings you to the next step, which then brings you to the next step. Yeah. And, and you know, with Mabel, with the volunteer work we do... I could sit here and give example after example after example Mm -hmm. of times I've almost been moved to tears Mm -hmm. where I see the therapy working, but it having that experience also opened me up. Gosh, I'm going to get teary. You're allowed me up (laughs) to being receptive to receive that. Yeah. And you know, Mabel's just one example, but we've, we've chatted a little that um, I've had two dogs since that came into my life through, you know, Mabel was researched. Yeah. <laughs> Mabel was very intentional and uh-huh. it was like plan, plan, plan. Mm-hmm. These other dogs were not. And they yeah. just kind of came into my life at a time when I didn't know I needed them. Yeah. And then when shit hit the fan, mm-hmm. they were there. Mm-hmm. And being able to be open to that and receive it. Right. Has been, you know, life saving. Right. In the last two years. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. So. It's interesting that um, well, every single interaction that you have, whether it's with a, a person, a human being, or a dog, or a cat, there is an energy exchange. Totally. And so when you are interacting with a dog, there is something that happens there. Um, and a lot of times I equate that to when you're in a 12-step group, mm-hmm. when they say, we'll love you until you can learn to love yourself. Yeah. It's like the dog does that for you. Totally. At least I found that. And also, I cared about the dogs, my dogs, more than I cared about myself at the time I got sober. Yep. So that was a huge motivator for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and what a crazy gift that oh God, yeah. they gave to me. It's a, in, in caring for them so much, they're, um, I was able to care for myself. And if you if you break it down to like the most common denominator denominator of care so mm-hmm. like okay care for dogs care for other humans care for self is like that molecule let's say there's a molecule mm-hmm. of caring or love is it different placed based based upon who you're interacting with like i don't really think so like there is one 
there's one kind of container that holds uh-huh. like care and love and compassion. And whether you put it upon your dog or mm-hmm. yourself, you know, I don't really know, you know, can it be measured? Who knows? But to yeah. me, it feels the more I do, like the more I do work on myself, the more it feels like that's just the same. Totally. Re- and it's also then can be the same for somebody who I disagree with. Yes. But that doesn't mean I want to be like in a close relationship with them, but right, I right, certainly right. could have still compassion and care for them. Yes. Well, and to piggyback off that um, kind of image you're painting of the one container of love, mm-hmm. I will add that, at least for me, there's a padlock on the front. Oh, yeah, girl. And the key is vulnerability. Yes. Brene and, Brown. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and... With dog, like dogs, they are the key for me, right? So one of the keys, yeah, one of of the major keys. Yes, 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 yes. So you know, I've had a a couple um, experiences in the last couple years that left me leveled Mm -hmm. and hurt Mm -hmm. by people Mm -hmm. and just devastated and raw Mm -hmm. and it was very hard if not impossible for me to sit in that space with another human being Mm -hmm. but I could sit there with my dog Murray Mm -hmm. and he could lay his neck across mine and just be with me while I sobbed and hugged him and held on to him right I couldn't do that with my husband at times yeah I just couldn't I agree I Mm -hmm. totally understand yeah, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, and it's it's practicing that, you know, as I am able to practice that, whether it's with a dog or a cat mm-hmm. or um, a spouse or a close friend that I can be vulnerable with, you're exercising that, or at least for me, I'm exercising that vulnerability yep. muscle. That kind of to your point, it can then extend to being sure. able to have compassion and love for people I don't disagree with, which if that's ever been put to the test it's the last two years sure i mean gosh. well and what we think we're protecting ourselves from so usually i don't know what the statistics are mm-hmm. i think they're in the upper 90s of um people in sobriety that have had a childhood trauma some sort of like a like 90 percent. yeah yeah there's oh, some sort of a we should look that up just mm-hmm. to make sure i don't like to make wild claims but it's something like that well we so, can say that in our ex- i mean i can say in my experience your, yeah most of the people i know in recovery had had have had childhood trauma for sure and so then the padlock goes on mm-hmm. and so as adults the padlock stays on however what we think we're protecting ourselves from isn't what we're protecting ourselves from it's mm-hmm. not doing what we think it is correct and so then you can start to have more of a um you can start to see that the the barriers to entry that you're imposing because you're mm-hmm. afraid you're going to be hurt aren't needed because mm-hmm. the hurt that you're trying to protect yourself from already happened. Right, right. And so the hurt that you're going to incur just as a part of being a human being alive on this earth right now mm-hmm. is what everybody goes through. And you're never going to block yourself from things that happen. And you're yep. going to be just fine because... However, the relationship to mm-hmm. the feelings around it, the people, the things, you know, this ego reduction starts to happen where you're like, oh, OK, well, that's fine. It's just part of being human. And mm-hmm. I'm not like in this other place of being an extreme victim as yeah. I was as a child because I'm not a child anymore. Right. Kind of. A, OK. <laughs> Woo. Yeah. I'm sweating over that one. Getting an inner child. Got stuff. a little perspiration. All right. Yeah. So moving on. Um, 
I want to hear about how Mabel supports your law practice because that's really fun and cool. Yeah, so she is the resident therapy dog. Yay! Um, she is only there upon request. So um, not all people dig dogs. Some people are allergic, and not all mm-hmm. people want to see a dog when they walk into a law firm. Mm-hmm. But she's on the website, mm-hmm. and if people dig a little, they can see that she can be requested to be present at meetings, of course, at, at no additional cost. And <laughs> she should start charging, she, earning her keep. No, she she volunteers. Um, but how this kind of came up is I had a gentleman call me once and his spouse had um, Alzheimer's. She had been diagnosed and it was advancing mm. and they really needed to do their estate planning. Yeah. And he was very, very concerned about long-term care costs and what they could do to protect themselves, you know, some medical assistance planning. And she was in a place of, um, avoidance and denial. Mm -hmm. And when he would bring it up, she would get very angry, if not violent. And so he called me, he wanted to do all this work. We have a window of time that she still has capacity to sign documents Mm -hmm. and everything. And I had to say, you know, we, we can't, do documents for your your spouse without her hiring me and her involvement mm-hmm. and her consent and we were going back and forth about all these challenges and I said this is going to seem like a random question but does your does your wife like dogs mm. and he said well, yeah she does why and I said just bear just stick with me on this I have this dog uh, Mabel she's a therapy dog what with if, canine inspired change <laughs> what if she was at the meeting and we start the meeting. I bring Mabel in and it's a visit and we're talking with Mabel. Now she needs to know, like, I'm a lawyer coming in. We're having mm-hmm. this meeting, but to kind of break the ice. Mm-hmm. And so we, he said he was silent and I thought, oh my God, mm-hmm. he <laughs> thinks I'm crazy. And he went, I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. It is a great idea. And so I did a home visit. So it'd be comfortable. I brought Mabel We interacted with Mabel at first and then we had our meeting and Mabel was on her lap and when she would, I would watch her move her arms and pull Mabel into her torso Mm. and then relax. And it was whenever, it was like rather than her anxiety, her stress coming out in this anger and um, defensiveness, Mm -hmm. she's pulled her in close. Mm. And I've had that a couple times since I had a woman come in to do her estate planning and she was estranged from her son. Mm. It was very painful for her. Mm -hmm. And she said, could, could Mabel be in our meeting? I love dogs. And I said, sure. Took her up on her lap. When we talked about her son, Mabel was tight to her um, stomach. Mm-hmm. And when we didn't, Mabel was laying down and relaxed. Mm-hmm. That's so incredible. It's fascinating. Mm-hmm. What a great use of um, therapy dog work, like in yeah. estate planning. Like, cause as yeah. I can like, okay, if I came in to do my estate planning mm-hmm. and there was just no issues around it, I still yeah. think I would need a little bit of comfort because you're thinking about your death. Yep. Yeah, it can be, you know, a very intense topic, yeah. um, especially in our society where we don't talk about death and we avoid right. it and um, we don't embrace it as something that is natural mm-hmm. and to be experienced and frankly, a lot of times really beautiful. This is another thing I absolutely love about mm-hmm. you because I'm so interested in this yeah. topic and it's hard for me. It's mm-hmm. actually one of the five kleshas. If you, in yoga, okay. there's five kleshas and the last one's called the Vesha, which means fear of death. So oh, it's like, okay. 
there's five general things that cause suffering in mm-hmm. in a human life, and the last one is ah. fear of death. So, um, I've been doing a lot of work around it, and so when you and I connected, um, and you ta- told me about mm-hmm. your interest in this, I just am thrilled that people that are feel capable to do work around mm-hmm. this subject. Um, and grounded enough to do work around the subject are out there like you because it's mm-hmm. so important. And even just in our conversations, mm-hmm. uh, it's I've found a lot of comfort. Well, and even when I started Shroman Law, I, I was not always this way. Huh. I had an irrational fear of death. I was a hypochondriac. This is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. So like when I was in college, you know, you have the clinic on campus uh-huh. all the nurses knew me by first name because <laughs> i got you know a sniffle and i was like i think i'm gonna die yeah so i was so scared of death yeah and i couldn't even think about someone in my life dying without sobbing and having a panic attack yeah but i kept getting drawn to serving in that space yeah and so it was kind of these baby steps of I got to the point where I could be comfortable talking about other people dying mm-hmm. and like strangers, clients dying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's evolved over the past few years that now I volunteer in hospice and um, I just completed training as an end of life doula. Yeah, that's so interesting. You don't get much closer to yeah. death work than that. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it's, I feel like I've, my fears of death are so removed from me that they're not okay so here's the thing full disclosure yeah i for a long time had no fear or could i really feel anything when i thought about a loved one dying Mm -hmm. just because i think i just didn't have a lot of connections with close caregivers from a childhood you know perspective Mm -hmm. um and who else knows why probably a lot of blockages so then as I got sober and started, you know, expanding my spiritual, you know, studies, mm-hmm. I started getting more and more and more worried about my animals. Yeah. And like, so like you said, you like any sniffle, you would go to the nurse and at school, like that's me with my dogs. Uh, uh-huh. And so I'm working around that now um, and it's getting a lot better um, because of meditation and breathing practices and just study. Um, but really, it's just, I think, common, like the bottom line is ego reduction, ego reduction, mm. ego reduction, ego reduction. Who do you hmm. think you are um, in, not who do you think you are, but who yeah. do you, what is your understanding of the self in the grander sure. scheme of things? And if that can then be something that's non-local, like mm-hmm. non-body related, then maybe... Um, you can get a real little relief when you think about the body going. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, and, and anyway, so in doing these practices, I really didn't have any um, type of outcome that I thought was going to happen from this. I just knew that I was getting myself worked up mm-hmm. on a weekly basis mm-hmm. um, to the point where I was like, I don't think I can get another dog. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it. I'm, I'm an, I'm a lunatic <laughs> like this, this, um, this mind looping. So then little by little, it's just starting to unravel. I am seeing a, some light there. Mm-hmm. Um, and well, a large part of it is like, who do I think I am that like nothing bad should ever happen to me or, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm the one person whose dog never dies. Is that the end game? Cause that's a toughie, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and then, 
you know, the other part of it, too, is I got lost a lot in the, the general, like, wellness game. Like mm-hmm. wellness gurus and things, your yeah. thoughts become things. Your you can create your own reality, right. which I think is true to a certain extent. But the bigger question is what creates your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so for me, particularly, where that goes sideways is I start to think I'm too powerful. Like okay, I'm gonna think yeah that my dog is well. So then that that way they're going to manifest yeah and it just gets too weird for me it set me off in a really bad direction to the point where it started making this mind looping and these worry loops way worse until i finally reached out to a found another teacher who was just more based in like just sacred ancient text yeah here's what meditation does here's what breathing does here's the neuroscience behind it just do it Mm -hmm. well and i can relate to that I had a cat die when I was 17 mm-hmm. and I called a friend to tell them my cat had died. And she thought like, I couldn't even get the words out. Right. I was hysterical. Mm-hmm. And she was like, Oh my God, I think both of her parents just died in a car crash. I was oh, yeah, so yeah. inconsolable. Mm-hmm. And at that age I went, why the hell would anyone ever have a pet? Yeah. I'm yeah, never getting yeah. one again. Yes. And you know, Mabel, we've had her since she was a puppy. Our dog Howard died, but I was in Europe when it happened. I was very removed. Mm-hmm. We only had mm-hmm. him for maybe five, six months. We adopted him later in life. And and so that is a fear. But one thing I've learned that I cling on to, like a life raft, mm-hmm. is different experiences, people, even pets. I really believe they're like we go through them to learn the lesson we're supposed to yeah. learn in this lifetime. And very rarely for me is that pleasant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it's gut wrenching <laughs> and painful, but you you survive it. And if you can, it, what when I remind myself of that, it allows me to take a step above it and go, okay, what's the lesson I'm going to learn through this? Mm-hmm. And almost get giddy. Mm-hmm. About a, a year ago, um, I I learned some information that completely uh, obliterated like my sense of self who I thought was my father, my whole life who had passed away mm-hmm. six months before mm-hmm. I learned was not actually my biological father. Wow. Oh yeah. Oh, talk about a ton of bricks. Yes. And you confusion, overwhelm, yeah. anger, gut wrenching, wrenching pain. I was still grieving the death of my father. Right. I was with him when he passed. Mm. And so that was, it's brought his own right. stuff to process. And I, remember getting that news standing holding my cell phone to my ear and I almost like took a step back and thought holy shit I can't wait to see what's on the other end of this yeah in terms of what I was going going to learn and how I was mm, going to grow like like more shall be revealed type correct. situation yeah correct yep so okay that's that's amazing mm-hmm. so okay everybody we're gonna have rachel back for a part two on this and we're gonna talk more about her realizations you know past this huge ton of bricks that got dropped on her and then also we're gonna hear more about um her end of life training as a death doula which is so interesting and can this be transferred to those of you dealing with that pet that is at end stages and then also how to connect with her um in her law firm so make sure that you guys stay tuned for part two with miss rachel schroman um until next time um we see i see you you matter and get out there and do good with your dog thanks rachel thank you bye